0: patients considering waiving their rights to public health care in hospital should do so until sitting uh, and should not do so until they're sitting in a private bed a leading health insurance expert has advised that all patients are entitled to free public care but legislation allows hospitals to charge patients with health insurance as private patients I suppose even if they're only getting public health care this was the subject of a High Court judgment in July outlining details of a previous decision which said patients can only be charged if they agree to it. And to give me more information on this and other bits and pieces, and if you have any questions in relation to private healthcare, by the way, you can please text them in at your will there. 087 188 0008. That's 087 188 0008. Joining me in the line is Derrick Good, who's the founder of Total Healthcare ie, And he said, There is a mistaken belief people with health insurance must sign up. Uh, Derrick, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Noel. Yeah, I've come across this before. So you're, you're lying on your trolley. You're being, you know, moved up to a ward. And the nurse or the doctor or somebody around and say, or the admin, hey, will you just sign this? You have the VHI or you've whatever it is. Can you just sign this here for me? Uh, yeah. So you don't have to sign this, what you're saying.
1: No, that's exactly it. You've actually summarised it very well. Because what happens is, you see, everybody going into a public hospital through A&E or whatever, they are a public patient, and, and every public patient is entitled, sorry, every Irish citizen is entitled to access that. And if they admit you, they can only charge you €80 euro per night, up to a maximum of 10 nights. So that €800, euro, that's the most they can charge you, and that is covered by your private health insurance. And they just get you to sign your VHI or Irish Life Health or, or Lea Healthcare form when you're going in. So there's no issue with that. But what then happened is somebody from the accounts department, once you are admitted they will approach you separately and they'll basically invite you to waive your right to be treated as a public patient and they'll try and get you to transfer to be inverted commas a private patient And um, the problem with that though Noel, is that well first of all i should say they're doing nothing wrong they're allowed to do this but, but so the they're allowed to realize, ask you
0: they're allowed to ask you
1: yeah. absolutely yeah. absolutely there's nothing nothing wrong with the practice that it's a legitimate charge but the issue is, though, what's happening is consumers believe they have to sign the form. They think this is a, a you know, all part of the, the health insurance claims process. It's absolutely not. They're they're asking you to waive your right to be treated as a public patient, and to basically go private. Now, Nile, here's what happens: if you sign that form, in most cases, nothing will change for your treatment. You will, you will get exactly the, same,
0: the same bed, the same ward, the same treatment. But exactly, I
1: think. But your health insurer will now be charged 813 euro for every night you're in that public Jeez. bed, right? Now, so you say the four seasons say, for
0: that, for God's sake. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe, well, maybe not at the current rate. But, <laughs> but like, and, and here's what's happening. People are being told, oh, well, don't worry. It's fully covered by your insurance, you know, and it won't cost you anything. Well, that's wrong because it will cost you because claims costs will go up and that will get passed on to us by way of higher premiums. So that's incorrect. But the other thing though, Nile, I suppose, with this is you wouldn't do this, you know, no right-thinking consumer would do this in any other walk of life. Like, your health insurance is yours to use as you see fit. Now, I'm not here to defend the health insurance companies, but I'm only going to use my insurance if it's going to work for me. And if I'm going to get a private room by signing that form or I'm going to get a doctor of my choice, or I'm going to skip to the front of the queue whether we like it or not. Okay, well, that you can argue is my health insurance working. Of course, I'll sign the form. But you have to think, why would you sign the form and accept a charge that's 10 times the, the standard charge? when you might For oh, the get same treatment. You know, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so I, I suppose buy- you don't
0: mind yeah. signing it if you think, well, if you think to yourself, I'm guaranteed I'm going to get that operation a bit quicker or I'm guaranteed I'm going to get, uh, you know, a, a private room or at least a semi-private room, depending on your policy. So you, you don't mind signing it if you think that's what you're going to get, what you paid for.
1: No, that's it. And we advise, look, we we can't tell anybody what to do. I mean, every consumer would have to decide themselves if they want to sign it. But what we advise all of our customers is, look, when they do approach you, all you have to say is, no problem, but tell me now, what's going to change if I sign that form? Like, what what will I get extra? You know, will I get my private room or will I get the doctor of my choice? Look, in 99% of cases, you won't. And in fairness, they will tell you that, look, it's unlikely we can guarantee we'll do our best. And I would just say, well, no problem. As soon as you have the private room, come back to me and, and I'll sign. And, and Niall, here's the next thing. And this is one of the things that was quite rightly referenced in the article. Like, we've had people tell us they've signed the form on the expectation that they're going to get the private room and it never materializes. And that's why. And at that know, point, it's too late. You've you,
0: already signed it.
1: Exactly. Now, we have had people who've, go back, who've gone back to the accounts department and they've told us, they said, listen, I want to revoke that. Can you revoke it? You can, of course. Like, you can actually go back and say, I am not going uh, as a private patient. I want to remain public because you never got me the private room. But to avoid that, look, people are stressed enough when they're in hospital and, course, they're yeah, yeah, and they're worried and they're on yeah. their own and they're vulnerable. What we just say to people is, look, when they do approach you, just simply ask them what's going to change. And if nothing's going to change, I think that makes your decision very easy as to whether you have to, whether you sign the form. And you do not have to sign the form. And, now, if anybody is put under any pressure to sign a form or if they're told they won't get treatment if they don't sign the form, they need to get on to the chief exec of that hospital or get on to their health insurance company straight away because that should never be the case, OK? Everybody's entitled to get treatment through the public system. You know, but if they if they tell you, listen, we do have a private room, I would say great. So as soon as I'm in the private room, I'll sign the form. And if you get the private room, fantastic. And that's your insurance working for you. But to be fair to the public hospitals, they're under savage pressure. They they have very few private rooms. Our understanding now is most of those rooms are kept for people who have. Maybe very infectious diseases course, or they're yeah. terminally ill and so forth. So you, you're really not, anybody going into a public hospital for a procedure, it actually doesn't matter what insurance you have. You know, if you have the gold-plated cover, if you go into A&E, you're a public patient and you're actually not using your cover. So technically, you know,
0: your health insurance shouldn't even be really come in. Here's question, Dermot, right? Do you believe, as the expert, and I believe you are an expert, obviously, um, do you believe private health insurance is actually worth the money?
1: You know, I'll tell you now what I would say to you is that in the current current situation, yes. And and I'll tell you exactly why I would say that. Um, You see, I'm familiar with other jurisdictions and other systems. And sometimes in other systems, the public system works really, really well. And there's no problem with access. Okay, you mightn't get the accommodation of your preference and your preferred consultant. And people top up with private cover so that they can have those extras. The problem right now with the public system, despite the 21 billion that we pump into it, and we all know the pressures they're under, and we all know that, look, when you get into the system, it's actually very, very good. But there's between 750,000 and 1 million people on waiting list, depending on what numbers you read. And unfortunately, right now, the reality is the only way to skip the queue, particularly for routine treatment, the only way to skip that queue is either you have a lot of money and you can afford to pay what we call self-pay patients who will go to private hospitals, or you have private health insurance, and actually now half the people with health insurance in this country, and the surveys all support this. It's not because they want private cover; they're just afraid of being put on a waiting list and having to wait two, three years for treatment. And we all know somebody who's had to go through that, and mm-hmm. that's why private health insurance right now is definitely not a luxury for a lot of people. It's, I mean, I've it's always had I
0: it. I always have it, but I find it complicated. I give an example, right? It's just a personal example because I've always had private health insurance, right? And thankfully, I've never had to use it, right? But in saying that, like I got a, a small little, um, you know, uh, what a skin tag under my eye. Okay, yeah. went to my own GP. Normally, you get a skin tag, I would just burnt off. And he said, "Oh, it's very close to your eye. I'd rather send you to a hospital." Have you got private health insurance? I said, "I do." Thank you very much indeed. And he says, "No problem." So he sent me then, and he referred me to uh, Beaumont Hospital. So I ring the specialist in Beaumont Hospital because they get a text saying thank you very much indeed. I ring them and they say that'll be grand, yeah. It's uh, 350 or 400 whatever it is for a consultation. And I went, okay, but is that covered under my private health insurance? Well, that's something you'll have to contact your private health insurance about. And I said, right, okay. I said, is the, the, the thing... And I said, well, they remove it that day. And they went. No, she said. We'll just make an appointment that day for another day. And I said, but I've already been to my doctor, and he's told me I just need it removed. So why can't you just do it on the day? Oh no, it's three hundred quid or whatever it is for the consultant. Con-. So I re- look. I ring my health insurance. I'm not going to say which one it is. I said, Am I covered for this? Uh, I don't know. And I said, What do you mean you don't know? And he said, Well, you need to give us the code. I said, How do I get the code? And he said, Well, you go for the consultation and pay for the consultation. They give you the code. So I said, You're telling me I have to pay for the consultation. Will you will you give me back the money for the consultation? Uh, provided it's covered under the code. And I said, this sounds like a catch-22 situation. <laughs> and I said, right. it's all very complicated. It's just no, mind-blowing you stuff, isn't it? It is.
1: Well, I tell you, Niall, in fairness, the explanation, that the information you were given there was not helpful, right? So just to, if you break that down, let me put it like this. So the system you're describing is exactly the, the system you have here. GP, we afraid, to a consultant. Consultants, doesn't matter what the illness or the issue is, they will want to see you, first of all, and they're going to charge you a consultation fee. Now, if you have a corporate plan and the people get confused about these but there's a whole range of plans out there designed for company paid or employer schemes and each of the insurance company has these and they are brilliant but on those corporate plans all those consultations you get 50 percent back simple as that so any consultation you're going to get so you should have been told and they sh- they didn't need a code to tell you that they should have been able to bring up your policy and tell you yes you get 50 percent back on consultancies. fees now, then now what happens is, and there's no way around this, when you go to the consultant, they charge you the fee, they'll examine the eye, and then, yes, they will bring you in as a day case patient into, either into Beaumont or one of the other private hospitals like Beacon or Hermitage yeah. or so forth. And that day case procedure, like those skin tags or removal of cysts or so forth, whatever, they can cost anything from 750 to €1,500. Euro. And depending on your plan, that should be fully covered. But what will happen is, they will ask for the code, right? And once again, what the consultant should tell you or the secretary should say to you is that, look, once we see you, we charge you the fee. If we're going to bring you in for a procedure, they'll actually give you the code there and then. And they'll actually well, she tell wouldn't,
0: you... No, they wouldn't give it to me. She said, I can't give you the code until you have the consultation. And then well, I, when no, I ring up my exactly. insurance company, they can't tell me if I'm covered until I get the code. So it's a catch-22. Mm-hmm.
1: It is a little. Do you know what Niall though they what they will do is they will wait to see you because would you believe there's lots of different skin tag removal procedures about five thousand procedures covered by most policies. So what they will do is, in case it's, let's just say, a more serious operation than the standard one, once they see you, they'll know exactly, the doctor or the secretary, and then they will give you the code. But then they'll book you in for two or three weeks after that, and then you phone your insurer. I mean, what I would say to you now with all the health insurance plans, and and it is complicated, there's 340 plans there. People find it difficult
0: to navigate to what they're covered for, what they're not covered for, et cetera, et cetera, don't they?
1: They do. And... You know, the best, so a couple of very quick tips for people here. If you have cover and you have no idea, like hopefully you're in good health and you haven't had to use it, all you do is someday when you have nothing to do and you have a cup of coffee in hand, you sit back and you phone your insurance company and you simply say, tell me what's covered by my plan and what's not covered. That's the key thing. And then... And now that five-minute, ten-minute conversation will sh- save you hours of reading through torturous documentation. <laughs> Tor- and the it is torturous
0: documentation. Oh,
1: they don't, they don't make it easy, right? Okay, the, know, the other thing, so we, okay, just
0: a couple of questions coming in here very quickly, Dermot. And if people want more information, by the way, they can go to your website. I know a lot of these questions will be answered on your website, which is totalhealthcover.ie, all right? But there's a couple of questions coming in here. Somebody says, for example, um, I've got free uh, holiday insurance with my health insurance and a major, major health insurer. Is it as good as the holiday insurance that you buy from private companies? So uh, okay. generally speaking, you know, I, I get that. Actually, I'm with a health insurance company and they give me uh, free, uh, you know, holiday or abroad insurance. So is it as good as the one I might buy from some of the companies I hear advertised on the radio?
1: No, it should be, okay, and I'll explain what I mean by that. It is a standard health or travel insurance policy that should cover most eventualities. But we advise everybody who's traveling now, and look, we don't give specific advice on travel cover, but I've had to use my own about seven times over the past few years, right? So what you do is, before you travel abroad, you phone both your health insurer and your travel insurance company, and all you do is you tell them where you're going and how long you're going for, and what you might be doing, like you could be mountain or hill walking, you could be like horse riding, you could be, let's just say, you know, sailing. Tell them everything, and then get them to confirm exactly what's covered, exactly what's not covered, any restrictions. Like for example, now some of the insurance companies you have to phone them from abroad to pre-register a claim. And the big one now is COVID. So get them to to confirm exactly what's covered. With COVID or, or sorry. So to COVID, COVID cancellations, and cancellations and
0: stuff like that, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Like I know the VHI cover, like VHI, their multi trip policy. The old policies didn't cover COVID, but I know their new policies do. And that conversation, that will save you. Now you know exactly what you need to do in the event of an issue arising. And you know whether you're covered or not. And you know not to hand over your credit card and what the procedure is. And that's what everybody should do, especially if they're traveling outside of Europe. And if you're going within Europe, have your EHIC card. Have your health insurance policy and have your travel insurance. I would advise anybody traveling abroad, please make sure you have good travel insurance cover. Uh, you know, it's 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 for the for the money it's good value, but you can't have enough insurance when you go abroad, particularly now with COVID and all the risks that come with that. So one or two phone calls now, and that will put their mind at ease. And then if they find the cover is insufficient, usually you can top up. You know, people who are involved in hazardous sports like you know, we people recently uh, walked in the Camino and they thought, well, so that's just a routine. No, that was considered higher risk by the insurer. Or you might be going mountain biking for two or three days or whatever. That might be considered higher risk. And you don't want to find that a- after a claim. So make sure you disclose everything and pay the proper premium. Okay. And now, a bit. if something happens, you're covered.
0: Mind you, as we just said here, skin tag for 700. Insane. All it takes is a bit of dental floss, 99 cents. <laughs> I know you're well, you I wouldn't recommend if you're doing it on your face. to you do with a bit of dental floss. The rest of your body, you, you might know, get away with that.
1: <laughs> there are yeah, and you know what? Now there are GPs now uh, who will do minor surgical procedures in their surgery. You know, but when, as you mentioned, when it's close to the eye or something like that, I think they were absolutely you know want to make sure. Probably yeah. I'm not
0: was... getting the de- I'm not getting the dental floss out for that one. All right, <laughs> listen. If people want more information, I have lots and lots of questions. I could spend an hour here asking you questions. Of people sending in, by the way. But in saying that, it would be better if. You go to the website but it'd be easier for you to get those answers totalhealthcover.ie is the website thank you very much indeed Dermot Good and I appreciate my pleasure
1: thanks Niall
0: real people real opinions real talk radio the multi-award winning Niall Boylan show